Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome into another edition of the Players' Lounge, the collaborative effort between Heels for Life and Inside Carolina to bring you sort of uh, more in-depth on the players you follow and the players you cheer for cheer for every Saturday. Um, Taylor Vipolis and I have been on this all summer. We've done a lot of players so far, and today we bring in DeAndre Boykins. joins us via Heels for Life. And, and let me tell you before we get started, Heels for Life is that you hear all this about NIL for college football. You hear all the big schools talking about their NIL collectives or whatever. Well, Heels for Life is North Carolina's. And it provides for student athletes, not just monetarily, but a way for them to have community outreach and to become a part of the community that they play in, that they show up every day Saturday in. And so what Hills for Life does is it provides for them, but it also provides you, the fan, an opportunity to support not just the team, but the players that you want to. So check them out at Hills for the number four life.org. DeAndre, welcome to the show, man. I hope I hope we're not bothering you too much. I know it's a busy time for you. Nah, y'all good. Appreciate y'all having me too. What is the uh what's what's summer like this time of year in Chapel Hill getting ready for this season to crank up, I guess, in a couple of weeks? It's uh it's real busy, a lot of team competition and uh just a lot of individual technique work and just getting better individually bringing it to the team as we head in the fall cap. So 
before I get too far into it, does it feel different this year for you? I mean, obviously you're going into your junior season and we'll get more into your career thus far, but is there a sense of urgency or anything going on in Chapel Hill after last season? Uh, yeah, actually, we, we know that uh, we didn't really fi finish the way we were supposed to uh, about the last five games of the season. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a sense of urgency with, uh, like I said, technique work and um, a lot of guys really knowing the playbook and stuff like that and just gelling together as brothers. DeAndre, you've been playing football now for quite some time, but I'm wondering what was the moment for you where – you're growing up and, and you realize that you were good enough to play football at the, the collegiate level. And then hopefully even beyond that. Uh, I would probably say um, way back in little league, uh, me and my brother have been playing uh, football since we were about five years old, five or six. So I'd probably say about eight, we were playing eight, nine and my brother was nine and I played up and uh, I just knew that at that moment I was ready. And your your offer list, I was looking at it, really impressive schools like Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson. Why did you choose North Carolina, and what kind of drew you to Chapel Hill? Uh, I would say definitely Matt Brown, and um, also the uh, players in my class of twenty twenty one. It was a lot of players from the area uh, that was in the UNC. So I guess I kind of jumped on the train and. and so in high school, um, you know, we Vip talked about the offers, but you played all over the field, offense, defense, special teams. That's usually how it works for the best players on a high school team. But how did you sort of settle in? How did you know that, you know, defensive back or star or whatever your exact position was going to be in college? How did you know to sort of focus on that when you're in the high school level coming into college? Um, well, I sat in Coach Bly's, uh, Dre Bly's office, and he told me that uh, – my career would last a little bit longer if I played on the defensive side. So I just felt like that was the moment I really knew that I was going to be a, a corner or a DB. So how was that change for you? I mean, obviously you did it in high school a little bit, but toting the rock and tackling the rock, two different things. I mean, how was that transition for you to make? Uh, no, nah, it was pretty easy. I've been uh, playing DB all my life. Like I said, growing up in uh, – I've been playing with my brother in, in Little League and stuff like that. been playing DB, been tackling all my life. So it's not really a big change. Like, I've, I've always had pretty good footwork, I thought. So I guess the transition for me was just uh, learning, um, you know, how to cover and how to break down and stuff like that. So it, I, didn't, I didn't think it was a hard transition. I love your recruiting profile because on it you're, you're just listed – as an athlete, because of that ability that you had in high school to do a little bit of everything, you settle on defensive back. Has have there been any conversations with Mac Brown about like, hey, maybe maybe some wildcat packages? Let's get a little creative with with me on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, no, nah, there haven't been, but uh, that would be. I feel like that would be dope. <laughs> that would you be you would be the guy in the offense if there had to be a wildcat package. Hey. <laughs> I also want to ask about idea. In, in in high school, you played your last high school game I saw in November 2019 as a junior. Your senior season gets canceled because of COVID, gets pushed to the spring, but you're an early enrollee. So your next football game isn't until 
September 2021, I believe. What was that period like without any games, but you're you're still training like like you do have to be ready for games? Um, you know, in that time period where we didn't really well, I didn't really play. I just focused on technique and and what I was gonna be doing at the next level and trying to get bigger and stuff like that, trying to get ready for the college game. So when when you go from 2019, November 2019, till not playing again until September 2021, are there any moments there where where you start to doubt yourself? Like, man, it's it's been a minute since I've been in game action with with live bullets flying around. Can I still do this? Is there any moments that you had like that? No, nah, like I said, I've been playing football all my life, so I mean, I know what I can do, and I just I was just confident, just pretty comfortable with myself and my technique and stuff like that to where uh, it didn't really bother me too much. And then, you know, we come here and we practice and get used to the college game. So it's not, it was pretty smooth. So let me ask you this sort of riffing off that a little bit. Every player we've asked, uh, you know, from Drake on down to Willie Lampkin last week is you're a high school player. You're, you're a stud in high school. You're one of the best in high school. You come to Chapel Hill, you come to college. What was it like? What was that welcome to college moment um, on the football field, either on the football field or off the football field for you when you got to Chapel Hill, especially like Vip said, dealing with the pandemic and all that kind of stuff? I would say my welcome to college moment is when uh, we played Miami when I first got here, my freshman year, and I got in the game. And it was a call on defense where I didn't necessarily drop the right way, so I kind of gave up a touchdown. And kind of down on myself for that but that was definitely my welcome to college moment when a when an athlete that's used to being able to do it physically and being physically dominant and this is something that regular guys like me can't ever understand vip maybe a little bit he played a little ball in his life but when you're you're the guy in high school and you get to college and everywhere you look there's those dudes just what's the mindset of, of a player, of a person to deal with that? Some guys deal with it great. Some guys don't deal with it at all and never really play, never really work out. How, how did you deal with it and what's it like? And if you see that going on with a teammate, say a young guy that's coming in, that's came, come in this summer, um, you know, what do you say to them to sort of keep the head up? Well, to answer your first question, I feel like it's, it's definitely in the offensive or not the offensive, the offseason training um, that, we do it with the strength coaches and stuff like that to get us ready. But um, I would just to, – to tell a young guy, I'd just tell him to, you know, just invest in the playbook and just trust the coaches and, and trust your older guys and try to stay under an older guy's wing and stuff like that. Try to, try to just get as much knowledge as you can because even if sometimes you might think you're ready, but you might not be ready. So that was my biggest lesson I learned. So who was that for you when you got to Carolina? Uh, I would say – Corson, um, Geo Biggers, uh, Jaquarius Conley, those those guys, guys in the DB room, older guys. Your freshman year, you play less than 50 snaps on defense, and you're not really being counted on by the coaches to contribute and make an impact on games. And then you fast forward your sophomore season out of training camp. You're the starter at, at that nickel position. What do you think changed the most in that year from – not being counted on to being one of the guys on defense? Uh, I just feel like I took advantage of the opportunity and trusted in my work I did in the offseason and 
really got into the playbook. And like I said, I made that mistake my freshman year and tried not to do as much of the mistakes. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like just trusting in myself and, and being confident. You, you gain confidence from, uh, you know, messing up and making mistakes and stuff like that. So I would just say that from my freshman year, uh, didn't really have too much confidence in my ability on the field. But I feel like I, I gained that through training and practice and stuff like that. Tommy, Tommy mentioned my playing days, and I like to say I practiced a lot more than I played. Um, but one of my favorite moments from our 2015 season is we have Miami in, I think Miami was our homecoming game, and we beat the brakes off them. We were throwing the U down the entire game. You saw that confidence when you played against Miami this year. You were the eighth ACC's defensive back of the week after that Miami game. You had a sack and an interception. And I loved the U down celebration. I have to know, was that something you pre-planned going into that game? Or you get the interception and you're like, this U is, is going down right now? Uh, I just feel like it was – I just wanted to close the game. I, I mean, I seen my wide receiver, uh, J.J. Jones, do it when he – so I was just like, I might as well do it. Game is over. It's something contagious. That's what happened in our game, too. We we went into that season knowing that we were just going to destroy every team. And I think I think Marquise was the first one to do it. And then Switzer had like a huge punt return and he did it. And then it just it started becoming a trend, I noticed, after that game. But you made your your first career start against um, FAMU this season. What was that moment like where you're you are realizing this this lifelong dream of of being a collegiate starter? Uh, it was definitely, um, first of all, it was definitely very fun uh, being out there with my brothers. And uh, I feel like I gained a lot of confidence from that game because I feel like I did okay. Uh, but most, most importantly, I feel like it, it was very fun. When you look at that defense last year, and first of all, how much do you, how much do you guys listen to the noise? I mean, we hear Hubert Davis on the basketball side. I always talks about the noise from the family and friends and all that. How much is players in that building? Do you hear it? Do you listen to it? Do, do you pay attention to it? Don't pay. We, I'm telling you, we, we don't listen to any of that outside noise because we what we have in our room and we, we listen to our coach and, you know, we just, we just buy in. So – Obviously, you started out nine and one. You mentioned earlier about not finishing as strong as you'd like to. There were opportunities um, to get it done. It, for whatever reason, it just didn't work in those last four games. Um, how would you rate, like when you look back on your performance last season, and I'm not talking about scouting reports from outside services or, you know, coaching scouting reports. How did DeAndre Boykins think he played um, for the most part of the season last year? Definitely not my best. Uh, yeah, looking back at the season and watching tape and stuff like that, I'm, I'm like, what was I doing some of the times? But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I could have done a lot, a lot more and been better for our defense, for sure. So what does that, what's that improvement look like? Give me some things that you personally have worked on away from the, away from the Keenan Football Center or in the Keenan Football Center, but away from the coaches and all. And because I've always thought that guys 
that want to be great have to be in here to be great, not somebody telling them to be great. Um, so what did you work on? What did you spend your summer getting better on, spring and summer getting better on personally? Definitely technique. Off-man technique, press-man technique, uh, taking on blocks technique, all, diff- all different kind of techniques. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And when when you look at the defense as a whole last year, um, a lot of fans think they, they could be better. It, it's a defense ranked in the, the hundreds for total defense and scoring defense. They, they struggled generating pressure, but one way they were able to generate pressure defensively last year was bringing you off the edge. You were tied for second on the team with two sacks. Why do you think that was a role that you were able to excel at, and why should fans be optimistic that maybe Carolina does get creative this year in, in finding ways to to bring you in on blitzes? No, nah, we're, we're definitely going to be more aggressive and – I feel like uh, I was successful at that role because um kind of quick, agile guy, and um, I just a little smaller. Sometimes I'm in a box, and I'm kind of small to be in a box, they say. But um, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm, I'm pretty strong, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that some people might view you as undersized in the box, but – one of your biggest strengths for this defense is your run defense. You had a great uh, pro football focus grade of 79.2 in run defense. It was only behind Cedric Gray for this Carolina defense. Are you somebody that enjoys contact? Like, are, are you somebody who who's seeking contact on every play and trying to play as, as physical as you can? Whether that's taking on blocks, hands-on in coverage, uh, anything like that, I'm trying to be physical. Where does that come from in your in your football game? Has that always been with you? Come from Derek Boykins, my older brother. <laughs> sort of, sort of go there. Tell tell people how how that works. Um, I know my brothers were a lot older than me, and they used to beat on me all the time. Um, like, what's that like growing up with an older brother that pushes you like that? Um, you know, just bumping heads a couple times. He's two years older than me, so we're not too far off. Uh, Kind of similar in size. He's a little bit bigger, a little taller. Uh, I just think we are, I don't know, we, we're, we're real tight. So 
we kind of feed off each other's game. He's he's a real physical player, so I try to imitate that and put that into my game. We're talking with DeAndre Boykins, North Carolina defensive back on the Players' Lounge, sponsored by Hills for Life, and of course, along here at Inside Carolina. DeAndre, you got you got a lot of new faces in that room. Um, that's that's you know, right when the season ended, there was a lot of turnover. Um, guys left, guys coming in. Um, you're one of the old heads in the room. You got some guys that are a lot older than you um, by age. But uh, what what's it been like, sort of turning over the room? And I want to get into the room itself. But what was it like seeing your brothers leave and, and other guys come in? How's that been on a player? Um, it definitely hurts uh, because you know we we go to war with these guys. We train with these guys. Blood, sweat, and tears with them. And it's definitely always sad to see your brother go. You know we wish him the best when they with, with their eyes elsewhere. But um, yeah, you, we're building something great, and uh, I feel like we got something good going on. Tell North Carolina fans about the about the new guys. You got Stick Lane. You got Derek Allen, Marcus's older brother. You got Huzzy that everybody's talking about. Armani Chapman. We hadn't seen much of him. He's been a little dinged up. Sort of go through what those guys bring to the table that North Carolina fans can expect. Yeah, Stick Lane, Pick Six Machine, Elijah Huzzy, Strap, uh, DA. Uh, he just bringing a, a safety to the room and just just bringing more experience to the like more game experience to the guys and. Uh, uh chat you know he he did his thing at b tech and like you said he's been a little banged up but we know when he get healthy he's he gonna be good for us let, let let me follow there what's it like having guys y'all played against last year like and have played against before now they're in the room with you but i mean is it weird especially a virginia tech guy i mean there's no love lost there between carolina and virginia tech nah, it's, it's definitely a, uh it ups the uh competition for sure and, you know, we talk about it in the locker room and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, we, we're all trying to win and trying to trying to be great for Carolina. So, And Carolina is, is bringing in all these uh, new defensive players and you have a, a new cornerbacks coach. You're bringing in defensive analysts to try to help out the defense. The fans are kind of taking this, this wait-and-see approach when it comes to the defense, but – why are you optimistic about the defense going into this season? I just feel like we're bringing a lot of our starters back and we have a lot more experience. And I feel like first year into a new defense system, kind of rocky, players not necessarily knowing everything they need to do and knowing another guy's responsibility. But I feel like now we, we, know, we know what we got to do and we're going to do it. One thing that I've tried to stress to fans from my playing experience is like for as upset as fans are after losses, like the players in that locker room are 10 times more upset with all the work they put in. How frustrating was it to be on a defense at times last year that's ranked in the hundreds with how much work you put in, knowing that it, it could just take just one player being out of position on defense to make the entire product look a lot worse than it is? Uh, it's definitely frustrating, but uh, I would say, well, I've always been thinking my whole life, defense is a little harder than offense because offense, you have plays. Defense, you, it's kind of reactive, and you got to go off of what they do. So, I mean, it, it's definitely been a challenge, but I feel like we're going to be okay. What's it like going up against 
Drake May every day in practice? I know people have asked that question a hundred times. Uh, we've seen him on the field. We've heard stories about him in practice. Um, what's that like for the defensive backfield especially? Well, you definitely have to play technical <laughs> with Drake because he is going to put it on the money. So everybody know that. But, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely good competition every day. So when you go up against him, um, you know, he can make a really good defense look bad. We've seen that. Um, how do you measure success every day in practice against North Carolina's offense? You know what I mean? You know the question, like, you, you might not – it might not feel like you're getting better, but how do you know you're getting better? Um, is it stops against them? Is it shutting Drake down? Is it shutting Tez Walker down or some of the other guys? I mean, how does that work in practice for you for the defensive side? Um, we definitely do try to shut them down. And it's it's competitive uh, between offense and defense. So, yeah. We, who, talks, who talks the most on offense? Tez uh, Walker. Uh, Nate don't really talk trash. Um, Kamari Morales, 88 tight end. Uh, that's, that's really about it. The people I've guarded, that's, that's about it. Who's talking on defense? Everybody, me, Pop, <laughs> uh, Murph, everybody talking on defense. And then on the official roster, you're listed as a defensive back, but like we mentioned before, you have versatility and where the coaches can line you up. What coach would you say you're primarily working with at practices? Is, is it Coach Warren? Is it the new cornerbacks coach, Jason Jones? How, how are they kind of breaking up who you're working with? Uh, it's definitely Coach Warren. And and how how do they kind of break up the responsibilities that that, that Coach Jones has and, and Coach Warren? Is Coach Warren working more with safeties, nickels, and Jones is working with just corners? Yes. Yep. When you – let me ask you, like, this is a question we've asked. I have a feeling I know the answer, but – Give us one or two players on defense, not named DeAndre Boykins, that Carolina fans need to get used to hearing their names and sort of tell us why. Um, well, new faces, well, you know the obvious ones, Power and Said. Mm -hmm. I would say Elijah Huzzy, and I would say – I would say – I would say Teon Holloway. A young corner. Yeah, that's what I would say. What makes Huzzy that guy? Because every player we've talked to has said Elijah Huzzy. Everyone from Drake all the way down to Willie Lampkin to Murphy, uh, all of them have said Elijah Huzzy. What makes him that guy out there in, in practice? He, he's a technician. Uh, definitely very technical. Um, loves to plaster wide receivers and always in their hip. And, yeah. He's just a technician. With somebody, like, with somebody like Huzzy and, and Tez Walker on the offensive side of the ball and you're seeing these guys coming from smaller schools, does it kind of send a message to the locker room? Like it, it doesn't matter where you came from or it doesn't matter, you know, how many stars you had out of high school. Like we're, we're going to try to find the best guys. And when you see guys like that perform, it, it kind of does send that message. Yes, I would say so. It doesn't like I've always said it doesn't matter where you come from. You if you're a ball player, you're a ball player. So yeah. When when you look at 
those guys. Uh, who's your toughest cover in practice? I mean, you're you you mentioned Kamari, and uh, you're not out on the edge covering Tez. At least I hope not. Um, for your sake, <laughs> I'm joking with you. Who who's the toughest cover in there for you? Nate, uh, Nate, Kobe, uh, Bryson. Some days, you know. Uh... So Nate said that he's not. Everybody wants to compare Nate to Josh Downs. Same position, all that. Similar sizes. What's the differences there that you see between those two players? Um, that's, uh, well, they both obviously have speed, ball skills, um, can get in and out of breaks. Uh, yeah, they are very similar, but – I don't want to compare them to Josh uh, JD, but I don't know. Anybody, anybody on the team last year cover Josh in practice? Yeah, Could me. Say. So you shut him down? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the best of me, though. You know, Josh Downs, incredible athlete. Uh, but um, I don't know. I can't separate. <laughs> I don't know. From let me ask from a football perspective, and, and this is something, and I'll tell you what I think. Josh Downs was tough because he could change speeds so quickly. It's like shifting gears. From a guy that has to cover a player like that, is that what makes it tough? Or, or what makes it tough for you to deal with a player like Josh? What makes him special? The routes. How he runs his routes. Um, makes all his routes look the same. Makes his releases look the same. Uh how he gets in and out of cuts, and then his straightaway speed is lightning fast. So it's the uh, Marshawn Lynch quote, where you know you're going to get got, you just got to get yours more than you get got. Um, but with with somebody like Josh Downs going up against him in practice, you mentioned getting to practice against Drake May. How does that benefit you as a player, where you're you're a competitive guy and you do get the opportunity on a day to day basis to go up against a receiver? like Josh Downs, and you guys know at, at the end of the day, your end goal is just making sure you each are, are the best versions of yourself and you're pushing each other uh, consistently. That's well, that's the idea right there, pushing each other, competing, um, trying to get the best of one another, and just know at the end of the day we're a team. So if I'm doing good against him and he's doing good against me some days, then at the end of the day we're going to go play another team and be great together. So, And fans – they see DeAndre Boykins, the football player. You know, you have the helmet on most of the time. For fans to kind of get to know you off the football field, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do in, in your time when you're not around football, which is almost all the time? Uh, I just like to go home and, you know, spend time with my mom and uh, my siblings, my dogs, um, and then be with my guys on the team, Power, Sid, Dez, just chill with them and stuff like that. What's been your favorite uh, off the field activity you guys got to do as a team so far this summer? Those were always my favorite times. Definitely paintball for sure. How, so how who, are you as a, as a shooter yeah, who, out there? Who won the paintball? My team didn't really catch too many wins, but I know I hit a lot of targets. I'll say that. Was Nate McCollum on your team? I think we had Nate on where he said he didn't remember – who he was shooting, he was just out there just shooting, just to shoot. Nate definitely shot me one time. <laughs> definitely got me one time, though. 
He definitely <laughs> let me hear it too. You, you mentioned your mom's. What, what's uh, what's the go-to meal when you get to spend time with the family? Um, I like a good like a breakfast. I like a grits. We do this thing called salmon patties. It's like a crab cake but fried. Um, and like some sauteed spinach and stuff like that. She does a good breakfast. So that's, that's the healthy stuff. Are you a sausage guy or bacon guy? I try to stay away from the bacon, but I, I grew up on it. So I, yeah, I, I know that, I know that feeling. Let me ask you, and again, we're talking with DeAndre Boykins and many thanks to him for taking the time to talk to us and Hills for Life for setting all this up. DeAndre, what, what is, what is the NIL world meant for you and how does Hills for Life play into that for you? Um, I would just say just it gives us the it helps us like help other people. That's what I would say. I feel like I well, I know I love helping people and I know the guys on uh, Hills for Life love helping other people. So it just gives us a kind of a like a community so what we so what's the, what's the most fun you've had doing that um when all the hills for life guys were in the building at the food shelter and it was kind of a competition like the first day first big food bagging thing that we did it was a competition to see which side can bag the most groceries and we ended up going over the limit so that was fun and it was real helpful for the community hills for life too just announced that uh, country music superstar Eric Church is going to hold a concert, which will raise NIL funds for for North Carolina athletes. I'm wondering if if I put you in charge of Heels for Life, who's performing at, at DeAndre Boykin's concert? What's what's your lineup looking like? Uh, <laughs> uh, my lineup is. You asking who my who my favorite artists are? Yeah, I would say like. I don't know, like a young nudie, a Twenty One Savage, kind of mainstream. But when it's game time, I listen to more like more turnt music and stuff to get me in the zone. So, Who, who's the one person that fans would be the most surprised that you listen to? Um, Marvin Sapp, gospel. Okay, nice. Hey, you gotta have you gotta have differences so get wound up for a game and get settled out by the gospel. DeAndre, we do appreciate you taking time. Obviously, you guys are, are swamped this time of year getting ready. I know camp opens in a couple weeks there, and so all you and your brothers are getting ready for that. But we appreciate you taking time to join us, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it, DeAndre. And shout out to Hills for Life, of course, sponsoring this, Graham and Jacob and all those guys over there. If you want to support North Carolina athletes like DeAndre Boykins, hillsforlife.org. That's hills, H-E-E-L-S, four, the number four, dot or, or life.org. You can join up. You can subscribe. You can do all that. Support those guys and watch them help the community and use their talents on the field, but also in the community, supporting everybody that supports them. Once again, thanks, DeAndre. Thank you, Taylor. I've been Tommy Ashley. It's another edition of the Players' Lounge, folks. We'll see you again soon. Appreciate y'all. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. 
Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus.